0: MindWell, hosted by Michelle Jones. We are all about connecting with wellness professionals and individuals with unique perspectives about developing wholeness and well-being. This podcast is designed to help you reconnect to your core self and find the resiliency, capability, and strength you already have within. MindWell is sponsored by IntegrateTrauma.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of MindWell. On this podcast, we interview people who have remarkable perspectives on the power of making mindful connections. I'm your host, Michelle Jones, and before we get started, I want to tell you about an amazing event the MindWell Collective is hosting. You can join in person or virtually on Saturday, February 5th for a morning of learning and encouragement. You will get practical tools and strategies from 10 different wellness professionals, for example, I'll be presenting about recognizing your own trauma response and doing a Q&A. You can register at IntegrateTrauma.com. I'm really excited about this event, and I hope to see you there. This morning, I am with Deb Shapiro, the founder of Amplify Voices. Welcome, Deb. Hi, thank you. I am so excited to have you here and to get to know you a little bit better and about what brought you to the work that you're doing today. So first, I wonder if you'd be willing to introduce yourself to our listeners. Tell us a little bit about you and what brought you on this journey to the work that you're doing today. Well, I would actually say
1: probably serendipity is the word that actually sums up everything. It's just been a really incredible journey. I I was in corporate America for the first 20 years of my career and then um, moved into about 15 years ago working with uh, keynote and public speakers. And I got into that because my brother happened to be a speaker himself. He was just starting out. And so we partnered together. And if I may brag, he got inducted into the Speaker Hall of Fame in 2015. That's amazing. It was amazing. So it really was one of those opportunities that opened doors for me to be able to work with people at a pretty high level in the speaking industry and learn from some of the best out there. And I had done that for about 10 years. And five years ago, I really found that my passion was Giving voices to those who know they have a message inside of them, something that they've learned over their own life's journeys, but that they haven't been able to figure out how to package it and give it away to others. And so I created a business where actually it wasn't even a business. It started as a project and a program as an idea. And we created a 90-day program for people to come in and learn how to get their voice and be able to deliver a clear, concise, and compelling eight-minute message on a stage in front of hundreds. And what we found was it was so incredibly transformative for people. The process of having your voice, discovering that voice that's inside of you, and then sharing it with others really cre- created this Courage! This power that I had never seen anywhere else, and so this uh, this is really where the serendipity came in. Is we were in the middle of doing an event, which were all local here in Arizona. Okay, COVID hit, of course, and uh, <laughs> we had to figure out a way to do this online and that was kind of the blessing in all of this is because of covid we took what we were doing in person and got it online and it was very successful and we were able to then break down the walls of who we could give this work to and i decided to take a pause during covid and was having a conversation with a friend of mine she was retiring and decided that she, you know, wasn't sure what she wanted to do and was having some troubles pushing the button, so to, so to speak. So knowing her background, she had been abducted when she was 13 years mm-hmm. old and she was trafficked. And coupling that with my knowledge of how to tell your story in a way that it could make a difference for others, I asked her if she'd want to Uh, share her story. And I could help her do that. And her response was shocking, actually, to me, because she's kind of a superstar. And um, she just threw her hands up and said, I can't, I can't talk about that. And she's 61 years old today. And she was 13 when this happened, and she's still being silenced. And it was in that exact moment that the idea was born to do a DebEx event, to do an event that would give voices specifically to women who had been silenced from sex trafficking. And the challenge was in my other, it doing a DebEx, well, there's so many people who want to have their voice heard. All I needed to do is just put it out there and people would show up. But how do I find women who are ready to have their voice and stand on a stage and share their story about being trafficked? That night of the idea, my boyfriend and I were talking and we thought of a woman, the only woman we both could come up with. And it was just, we could only remember her name, her first name. Uh, I hadn't talked to her in a couple of years, but she might've been a fit for this. Well, the very next morning I get an email from her. Didn't, hadn't reached out because I didn't even know her name. I couldn't remember her name. And she said in the email, I'm ready to have my voice heard. That afternoon, I get a call from somebody who I had worked with ten years ago. She's like, "I'm ready to apply." I'm like, "Oh, we're not going to be doing an event, but let me talk. Let's what's going on in your life." She told me about an organization she was volunteering at, and I said, I- "I'm not familiar. What do they do?" And she said, "They work with girls, young women who've been prostituted." I'm like, "May I ask why that's of importance to you?" And she said, "Because I was prostituted as a young girl." So literally. Within 24 hours of the idea of being born, two women showed up on my doorstep who were ready to have their voice be heard about their circumstance. And within two weeks, seven women from around the country had shown up. It just was the seed that was planted to become what is amplified today. This was just a year ago, almost to the week when we had these women come together from around the country for the first time some sharing their stories for the first time and it's just been incredibly powerful ever since so that's the long journey to hear, but it is like i said serendipitous it's just been something that uh, has wanted to happen and unfold and so i've just been allowing it to
0: unfold absolutely you know it's so interesting with the work that we do in trauma education we have found that to be the case too that when everything is ready to come together, it's like this amazing synergy happens as soon as we like, I don't know like the right words for it because it sounds almost magical and yet it feels magical in the moment when we are ready to step forward and to lean in Others who are also ready show up in the right places at the right time. And it's so interesting because that wouldn't happen if we weren't willing to first like open ourselves up to that next step, right? I think that that's such, I think that it's interesting because I think so many people fear stepping into what they're dream or their vision or the thing that they have inside of them that says, this is a work that I could be doing. And, but they kind of feel like who's going to show up to even be interested in that work. And part of what I love about what you shared is that when we are willing to show up ourselves, that other people will show up alongside with us. Yeah, it is. It was not something I had
1: thought of even doing. It just really was something that presented itself in the moment and seemed like a good idea. And the idea just kept going. And so uh, sometimes I've wanted to get off the ride. I will tell you, I, <laughs> it's been a serendipitous journey carrying me for sure. But all of the pieces definitely have been coming together. They they have that saying, when the student is ready, the the teacher or the master appears. And, uh, and I think that People, I think in general, there's a big shift in general for people where they're ready to have a different way of being able to communicate, a different way of doing things, a different level of awareness, actually, for themselves. So that's what I've been seeing.
0: Absolutely. I'm going to back up just a little bit into what you were sharing because... It doesn't surprise me at all to hear that there was a difference, a shift that happened when you moved from connecting with speakers who had an idea or a concept or something they were excited to share compared to those who were now going to step into this really vulnerable space and share about an experience where they had been trafficked or whatever the specific situation was because there's so much shame that surrounds any type of sexual trauma that really doesn't belong to the person Mm. who experienced it, right? It really belongs to the perpetrator, and yet there it is. So I wonder, first, I'm interested to hear if we're not talking about sexual trauma. So back to your original speakers, what were some of the biggest obstacles, do you think, for people to Like, like what had prevented them from speaking up about their ideas and concepts before? And then we'll talk about kind of the specialty of speaking for these other women
1: yeah speaking in general i mean it, look we've heard the statistic i have never actually checked it out but nobody ever seems to balk at it when they say it but the statistic of that you know public speaking or speaking in public for people is the is even scarier than death for people or it's number 2 whatever right. it is nobody's arguing that point and i think that that's a big piece for people there's a Look, we are we're not wired to put ourselves out there in front of people. We go into a fight or flight situation, so our body reacts automatically. Add in all of those thoughts that we have about ourselves, the doubts that we have. Well, I'm not good enough, or my who wants to hear me, or what's that message? I have had people. It took them four years before they would even have the courage to apply just to even apply for it, because there's something that I believe that we have in our society that our voice doesn't matter. And it has to sound a particular way. A lot of people believe that, um, you know, you see the, the big name speakers out there and people feel like they need to be them. The most important thing that somebody can get in going through this journey is being you is actually the thing that people want and are attracted to. And so the piece that gets in the way is obviously some of that, that not obvious because it's not obvious to the people going yeah. through it is a lot, of, they want it, they really want it, but there's this negative self-talk that has them think that they will either procrastinate and do it another day and that opportunity doesn't ever come or they're just not, Good enough. They don't have a voice that'll matter, or they're not going to be able to do it. So it's it's something that everybody see. People go in for different reasons. I mean, we, I have had somebody come in. He had no interest in being a public speaker, but this scared him to the bone, and so he wanted to do something like a big hairy goal and just <laughs> put himself out there, get on the stage, just to prove to himself that he could. And he did. And he was amazing. But what was most amazing was the power that he experienced for himself. Because you get it. You understand, once you've done something once, y- you know
0: you can do it again. It's absolutely. Right through something that absolutely shifts your world. So. And I feel like you fundamentally learned something about yourself that you didn't know before. Because I yeah. think we have all these preconceived notions in our head of what we're capable of. And that. That framework that we build for ourselves, kind of like here's the bubble of what I know I can do and what I'm capable of and this is my wheelhouse, is so much smaller than what our actual capacity is. Absolutely. I I think it's such an interesting thing to see for people because when I see people and I'm working with clients, I can see so much strength and light and resiliency in the people that I'm working with. And I see it so much more than they see it in themselves. They see Mm -hmm. themselves as being so much more limited in what they are able to um, endure, to learn, to develop the skill, to accomplish. And it's kind of a fascinating dynamic, actually, to be able to recognize that I think By doing some of these kinds of experiences where it pushes us outside of what we think our capability is, we really fundamentally learn that the limitations that we think are there are actually just totally self-imposed.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: I, I like to think of it
1: sort of nervous system training. We're kind of shaking things up more at a cellular level <laughs> than we are at a conscious level. We're putting ourselves in there. We're putting right on the court. We're living that experience. And when you do that, when you put yourself out there, it absolutely creates a, a shift, a shift in your, in your being when you yeah. get to the other side of that.
0: So what are like one or two kind of um, mindset shifts that people need to make, do you think, when they are willing to step into this thing, which in your case is speaking, that they yeah. think, I don't really have a, a, a voice. Maybe what I say doesn't matter. And maybe people will not accept me if I step in in this space. What, 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 what does that process look like for people to move through that? Okay. So there's a principle that
1: we have, and it's a foundation to almost everything that, well, pretty much to everything that we do is that no one is diminished. And that is inclusive of yourself. So throughout the process, just because we have that as a guiding principle for us, it becomes in the forefront of people's minds. You understand the concept of what you focus on expands, right? Yes. So if we're telling you every day, you know, we're not here to diminish, and especially When we're having conversations with women or individuals who have been traumatized through sexual assault or sexual abuse or trafficking or anything like that, the mindset shifts that we end up seeing for people is that they are willing to they they somehow go through something where they see that their voice does matter, Mm -hmm. and we and they see that because we talk about giving and receiving feedback now. Everybody, I, inclusive of myself, I was really like,
0: "That sounds paid. stressful." <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: right, if I actually take it on as feedback, it's like we take it on as critique, right? Yes, we hear it absolutely. as critique. But when we are writing a talk, the sole reason we are writing a talk if we want it to have any purpose whatsoever, is to be able to influence change, is in order to cause somebody to take a new action, to change people's perspective in a short period of time so they have access to new actions in their life. And in order to be able to do that, we need to meet people where they're at. We need to understand how they Hear our message, not just our view of our message. Right. But we need to start sharing that. We can take baby steps. We don't have to give everybody every little bit of our vulnerability right out of the gate. <laughs> take baby steps and start sharing with somebody you're comfortable with. And then, you know, you can keep moving from there. But it's in that the, it's the action of moving that forward that has people see their own, that that what they do have to say is valuable because the feedback's given to them in a way where no one's diminished. They see it as data. That's going to make a difference for elevating their talk and making the difference that they're here. We have a saying that the one with the most data wins. And so it really is. We encourage people to go out and talk to other people. Otherwise you're just speaking your own words and it, Make, more than likely, it's not going to land with your audience because you're not even connecting with them. You're speaking from your own perspective, not theirs. So it's really um, giving people the other big shift that people end up having as they're going through the... Well, courage is what they end up getting at the, at the end. And really, the way you have to give people courage sometimes is to just push them over the edge. Yep. And they're putting themselves in the program. And the way it's designed actually is the speakers pay a nominal fee up front, but then they're responsible for selling the tickets. They make a promise to sell 25 tickets, which should be, if you want to be a a public speaker and speaking, should be something you can accommodate. And they've all been able to do that. Uh, But this is then what happens is there's now skin in the game. So they've not only signed up for this program where there's a little bit of money investment, but now they've now told a bunch of people, they all post on Facebook, oh my gosh, I made it in, I'm going to be speaking. And they're all excited at the beginning. And then something happens in the middle of the program where they go into what we call the dip and they go, oh, I don't know that I want to do this anymore. This is a little scarier than I thought it was going to be. But they're now so deep in because they've, told everybody in their life so there's this accountability now that holds them in place and then um and it takes them all the way up to the stage so it really is something that the design of it if you you know having a structure you know put yourself into that scary place put a structure in place that will hold you to account to actually make this happen where you're really find yourself not wanting to get out of it, right? And so you actually go through it, which ultimately gives you that courage to know that you can. And so that's some of the progression of what we've seen as people have gone through it.
0: Absolutely. And as you're saying that, I'm thinking how powerful it is as well, that your accountability is not just people that are relative strangers that you could walk away from, but people that you know personally, who now you have shared this goal, this experience, this process, and then to tell these people that know you in your personal real life. Yeah, I bailed on that. That does not feel good. So people are not going to want to do that. That's genius.
1: It was not, you know, it wasn't designed that way, actually. It just was the way that it was designed and in hindsight, I was able to actually see the benefits of it. And so, you know, we're all learning as we go and grow our businesses and we go, okay, that just happened to work and I'm going to keep doing it.
0: (laughs) But. I really love that idea and that concept. Like as you were sharing this, I couldn't help thinking that this is such a beautiful framework for us when we want to step into something new or into something that pushes us that's a little scary, that we feel a little uncertain about, that there are some sort of things we can put into place to really commit us to show Mm -hmm. up and do it. Because left to our own devices, a lot of times we might say, yeah never mind, never mind. You know, I thought that was a good idea, but maybe I'll just tuck that away and bring it back out another, another day.
1: I'm wondering. That's why I do. That's why I tell the world everything I'm going to do as soon as I decide to do it. It holds me to account because I'm that person. I won't do it for myself. So I will just declare to everyone what it is I'm doing.
0: I feel totally inspired to include that now in the work that I'm doing more because I can see because I'm kind of stubborn I that's just part of my personality right and so once somebody else knows about it now I'm I'm not going to quit I'm going to keep going because I'd rather keep going through something a little uncomfortable than have to admit that I just bailed on doing something mm-hmm. yeah but that's just a little bit of me I feel like there's something really important in this concept that you shared with no one is diminished in the feedback that is given. And I wonder if you could share with your listeners a little bit more about what does that mean that no one is diminished?
1: Yeah, it is. Um, it's something that when we speak in general, there's it's looking at what our intention is for speaking. So I was in corporate America. I was in human resources consulting. And so I used to have people coming into my office all the time where managers needed to have conversations with their employees or vice versa about things not working out. And I would always get people coming in, you know, all upset, crying because of what was communicated to them. And if, if people just stopped for a moment before they communicated, and looked at what is their intention for the communication. You got to be really honest with yourself about it though, right? What is your intention? And oftentimes when we go through difficult challenges and are looking at the triumph within it, it's easy to blame. It's easy to point fingers at other people and say, well, that happened because, you know, my mom didn't do this or that happened because my husband didn't do this or my boyfriend, whatever it is, it's easier to Place blame then actually and diminish somebody else and lift yourself up. It's kind of a knee jerk reaction. It's sure. kind of what happens, honestly, in my head, but I don't let it come out my mouth all the time, <laughs> right? It's like sometimes I can have an evil thought or two. Sure. But the thing is, is that I, my intention on this planet is really that all voices are heard and make a profound difference in our communities and around the world, that people have a voice. And so that's what's important for me. And so if I'm sharing anything that is with an intention that's outside of that, like if somebody's sharing their talk and I'm giving feedback because it makes me look smart because I know something about that topic, it comes across different. And mm. Or if I feel like um, somebody's giving me feedback and, and it's coming from a place of blame, well, you did an as good of a job as you could, or whatever it is. You always hear a different tone. There's you're always going to communicate your intention, not your words. You're always going to communicate your intention, not your words. And so even I even tell my speakers, don't even worry about the words that you say, because if you are clear on your intention, the words will come out right. And so no one's diminished is really something that's important to us because. This world, we cannot get the work done that we need to get done by pointing fingers and pointing blame. that keeps us exactly where we are. Or even pushes us backwards. Yeah, exactly. So we teach people that's not, that's the way, that's the normal way people are communicating out there today. I don't need to point out examples, open up Facebook, open up anything, right? So we have taken on an approach of how do we say what we need to say in such a way where it's getting the job done and lifting people up, not putting them down. And so it's really a very important principle, inclusive of ourselves. We do not want to diminish ourselves because when we do that, that just keeps everything stopped as well. So that is a really powerful principle that that we use both in Debex and in Amplify. And in Amplify, it's very important, especially for people who have been truly victimized in their life with circumstances. How do you speak about those kinds of things without putting people down? You absolutely can. As a matter of fact, the women who come out and share these stories are, people are inspired. They They want what they have. They're like, what did they get that they, you know, that they have that kind of view of their their life circumstances is cuz they took the time to actually sit down and mine out what is the triumph in our life cuz
0: we're here we all had a triumph so we're all here and so which i so that- think i think connects to how i was saying that so many times we limit by our own view, our capability. I think we also limit in our own view the meaning, the strength that we take from experiences. We really, um, I think kind of like how you said, we have a default maybe of being critical or blaming. I think oftentimes we have this default of only noticing the ways in which something was taken from us rather than noticing what transformed within us because of what we moved through. And that's like such a beautiful thing. What I'm hearing you say too, is that in, in order for feedback to be something that does not diminish, because I think this is such a cool principle, not only within the work that you're doing at Amplify, which we're going to talk more about, but also just that our listeners can take away in everyday life that, you know, in order to have useful conversation that moves us forward, it's, it's got to be both people in the conversation having a lot of self-awareness. Like, why am I saying what I'm saying? And I think people do, people pick up on your energy and your vibe and your intention. And we somehow instinctively know if someone is being authentic or not, or if they're really kind of in a nice way pointing out that we maybe don't know what we're doing. Yeah. It's whatever that internal thing. I believe in
1: aligning yourself with your own internal barometer. You can't ever go wrong. And that's, I think, at least what I'm discovering for myself, my life's journey, which is, I think, the first 50 years of my life, it was figuring out how to fit in with everybody, how to be (laughs) the perfect person, how to look good, and all of that good stuff. And then something happened. I don't know if it was that I turned 50 or something else, but somehow... There's a shift where I'm actually just now, believe it or not, discovering who I really am because I can settle into. I've discovered I can just be me, and that actually works. And so, you know, these people go through this journey of discovery. I I go through it every single time I I lead one. Uh, I get to be a part of it. It's it's just the the water I uh, swim in, and so it's been. It's just absolutely been incredible for well, for me as a journey as well. Yeah.
0: Well, and it's such a countercultural concept that I think it's useful to have repetition for things that go against kind of the norm of what yes. we grow up and we kind of move through our early adulthood believing about that our purpose is not to stand out, that we're to blend and anything about us that doesn't seem to be in the mainstream. We kind of tuck that away so that we can more easily blend. And I love that because that's another thing that I've learned through this, through the process of healing my own trauma. And then through the work that I'm doing is more and more and more. I just sit in it and realize actually the beauty and the gift in every single one of us is our own uniqueness, that Mm -hmm. we don't need to be anything except who we are. Whatever our voice is, whatever our lived experience is, is exactly right for what we need to show up right now. There's nothing that we need to change in order to show up and make a difference. That is the, it's what I'm discovering. It's what I see as a theme. If
1: I look at all of the talks, you know, the hundred plus talks that, that people have created, it's, I can see a theme. It's all, you know, it is really about getting to the true you, the real you and being able to share that authentically. There's just this magical power in that that seems to be really healing. I mean, we're a speaker training program. We are not designed to be a healing program, but for whatever reason, it's somehow when people do have that voice on the other side, of it, it does create that transformation, that freedom, that peace, that uh, power.
0: Yes. I want to speak to that, but first, we've kind of talked around it quite a bit. Why don't you tell me really directly what is amplify voices specifically and what is the work kind of what is the framework of the work that you're doing today yeah so
1: um we were talking about debex and, right. and how that was that program and so it um, morphed into doing um that one event is really where it all started when we wanted to give voices to women silence from sex trafficking. Uh, But the idea came, it was uh, September of 2020 is when we actually set it up to become a nonprofit. Um, And our mission is to give voices, to discover, develop, and amplify the voices of those who have historically been silenced, misunderstood, and oppressed. And we do this because we want to be able to create a compassionate understanding so that we can uh, have a more harmonious coexistence really is who we are. And we do this um, through having 90-day programs is how we start. We okay. give people voices that way, but we've more, we've shifted recently because there's a lot of resources that go into putting a show together. As Absolutely. You can imagine. So, people were coming to us after we did the first show. It was, we were um, sponsored by the Scottsdale Center for the Performing Arts. We had this amazing stage for these women to come and deliver their talks on. It was just absolutely incredible. And then we started to do watch parties and show these talks to communities that were of interest with this topic. And women started to come forward saying, hey, how do I have, my voice Mm, be heard. Like I have a story and a triumph and I want to make a difference in the world. So we had to kind of readjust because we wanted so many people were coming forward. So we came up with a concept to uh, truncate the training into a 30 day program. And we created these very simple speakers what we call speaker circles. Mm -hmm. And it's where seven women come together to be able to share their stories in a very safe, confidential space. And that's where this is really different from Debex, is there's something magical when everybody comes together and you know already that you've had some kind of a similar background. There's just this automatic space that you start from. and uh, uh, The camaraderie, they were after two weeks of just meeting each other for a couple hour calls on Zoom, telling they loved each other, calling each other sisters. Mm. It's just... It was incredible, Um, but these speaker circles are intended to give in 30 days, the same content, Just it's basically seven questions. You answer seven questions and you can be able to write and craft a compelling, clear talk as well. And so we give that to them. We give them a loving, safe space, a buddy to partner with, to hold their hand through the process and all the tools they need to get there. At the end, they have an opportunity to share their talk amongst each other and even step out at our There to Share event, as you can imagine it's those that choose to can have their voice be heard at a, with a larger community. And, and um, these women are, are amazing. We had our, the, cir- the circle we just completed, we had seven women complete the circle Six stepped into the dare to share. The, the seventh one honored, used the, our principle of never going further than you are called to go. She honored that. She cheered her women on through the dare to share. And these women ended up inviting only women. It was only inviting other women. Over hundred people registered in two weeks to just hear these women share their stories because they just were, they were so alive after creating them, that they were just out there letting everybody know. And I would say half of the women who've shared never had shared these stories with people outside of their immediate circle, if anyone at all.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. There's something really powerful. So I'm going to connect a little bit here with the work that I do working with people who've experienced trauma. There's something really powerful and healing about putting words to your experience. There's something that sort of is like the opposite of shame. Like shame cannot exist if I am willing to find words to explain my experience kind of unapologetically. Like this is what my lived experience has been, right? And it is a really fundamental part of the work that we do with people. You know, the work that we're doing is a really mindful process of self-awareness and reflection and connecting to your lived experience in your body and what that experience is. And there is some kind of reframing and repair that we do with that. But I love how this is like now the triumphant step after that, of Mm -hmm. being able to say, yes, this is truth about my lived experience and... And that and I think is such a beautiful piece because so many that I've encountered kind of feel like, well, because I've had these experiences, kind of like this dictates my story. Like, like this, this is now how I'm defined. This is now how my story ends. I really see it very differently. I see, yes, these are your lived experiences and it doesn't define where your story goes from here. Yeah. I think yeah. there's something really beautiful about like seeing how that is such an empowering piece of the, a healing journey for someone who has experienced trauma of any kind, but especially sexual trauma, which lives in our culture and in our society. We're doing so much better, I think, at recognizing these experiences. And yet, I think it's still something that overall people feel very uncomfortable discussing. There's not very much of a voice for these experiences, which, in my opinion, is why it persists because yeah. we feel too uncomfortable. We are not willing to push through our discomfort of having these hard conversations. And that's why it can continue in the secrecy that it does. Yeah, I could not
1: agree more. Um, one of the things that we've been bumping up against, the truth of the matter was I really did not know much about sex trafficking. When I stepped into it, it was just something called to me because it was a friend of mine who didn't have a voice. And I thought we're going to give her a voice. And I stepped into a world that was, I'm sure you understand, is just unfathomable, right? And so the... I completely lost my train of thought and where I was going. Isn't that, is that great? Okay. That's what you get when you get to be my age, right? That's <laughs> the other benefit. You get free,
0: not only from old thoughts, but
1: the ones that are right in front of you. You know,
0: it is just a lovely, light place to be. I'm going to share a thought that I was having as you were sharing. And then Please. if you're like me, it's going to loop back around. Of but course. I was thinking, you know, there's, there's a handful of clients that I've worked with that have experienced sex trafficking. And I'm continually amazed when I have conversations with them. I think if you were to ask the average person, where do you think someone who had had, you know, these experiences, these, these 10 experiences in their life, like maybe they would think like they're just going to need to be like, I don't know, not very functional in the world because how can you live through that? I think that's part of like the magic or the miracle of humans is how resilient we are that we can go through the unimaginable truly things that it makes no sense that we can be okay it makes yeah. absolutely no sense that someone can experience these things and be okay and yet somehow here we are still living yeah here we here we are my heart is beating i'm breathing i am alive and because i am alive and because somehow through all of these experiences i still stand here today i can now move forward you know once i have been able to address all of this unfinished stuff within me and i see people showing up in the world who have lived through unimaginable things and they are showing up in powerful impactful ways that are making a fundamental difference to people around them
1: yeah it's it's um it is incredible to see cuz all of the women that i had the the real honor of being able to work with are very successful women who have gone through things that you just can't even imagine you don't want to imagine um and what we did discover yet yeah, it was before you were saying people don't want to talk about it and that's what the problem is mm-hmm. and that's exactly what we ended up discovering is people were starting to share and people wanted to even give donations and be a part of it, but they're like, I'm not sure I want to watch it. Just the name where if it's like mm. uh, the, about you hear the word sex trafficking or you hear assault or you hear sexual violence and then people want to, I want to help, but I don't want to have the look or right. I don't want to have to listen. And so we actually are even, even I lose someone I'm my, I am all about being able to give a voice that's compelling and clear and it's going to move people into action. So our lesson here is how do we get in and have these voices be heard in a way that it's you know get breaking down that initial wall that people have to not listen because of the topic? So we're looking at creative ways of being able to share the story because everybody listens to them and goes. I want what she has. I want that courage. And they're all amazed at how powerful these women are with all of what they've gone through, that all the people are left with in the audience is the the triumph and the courage and are inspired by that. So there is a, a very clear line where people do not want to listen. And I 100% agree that that's the reason all of this exists. That's the reason why Amplify exists so that we can actually have people communicate in a way that it can break down those walls.
0: Absolutely. That it's approachable. So So I've got two thoughts about that. One of which is, and this is just the thought that came to mind is, I think one of the ways that we make it, a, like, more comfortable for people, which, like, like, it's just the reality. We need to make it so that it's not so, like, abrasive, right, for people is letting, is kind of where do we end, right? Are we just sharing a bunch of, like, disturbing details and then that's it? Or are we sharing this empowering, triumphant message of hope of where we have come from there? Because I think if if we realize that the story doesn't end with the disturbing details of the experience, but that there's that, that that's yeah. kind of like the middle of the story or for some people, the beginning. Mm-hmm. I think that that is something that everyone loves a good, like, you know, like the underdog sports team movie that in the end they win the championship. Like everybody loves that movie. Yes. I don't think who you yeah. are. That is fun to watch. And that is kind of what we're seeing unfolding with these, with these women. The other thing I thought of is that statistically speaking, a lot of the audience has experienced sexual trauma. And so part of why we feel so uncomfortable to hear it is if we haven't dealt with our own experience, hearing someone else's reminds us about things that inside of ourselves we're still carrying shame about. So it's this really interesting loop of being able to break that down a little bit to make it feel like on a larger scale Men and women can understand that even here, even in moments of sexual trauma, extensive sexual trauma, that there is still the triumph to come.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: There is. uh,
1: And even even for those without the trauma, so to speak, I thought I was one of the lucky ones. So, you know, the one out of the three, you know, one out of three women, the statistics are, will have been sexually assaulted. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm one of the, the lucky ones in there. And, you know, when I look back though, after going through this journey, I even started to look at my own life, how things happened, but I dismissed it as, mm-hmm. oh, well, that was just boys being boys or, you know that kind of a thing where I accepted it because if I didn't accept it in my own mind, it would be like, "What is this?" And Absolutely. so, you know, it really—I ended up having to take a hard look at my own life and was wondering, "Is any of us not touched in some way by the culture and how it's it?" it and I—I I would have to say, no, that we are all touched by it, just because we aren't talking about it, it just stays, stays in place. So. We have a big mission ahead of us. To, I am,
0: I am uh, so excited about it. So, tell me, how many speaker circles are you going to have this year in 2022? Do you think
1: we have five speaker circles scheduled for this for 2022? Uh, we are in the process of actually transferring the knowledge that I have and leading these over to other leaders. These are other women who have gone through the circles before, either themselves or another stage event, so that they've they've gone through it. Mm-hmm. And we don't we're not just stopping there because in 2021, we decided to give voices to those who have been silenced from sex trafficking, sexual assault and abuse. And we're now moving in. And in 2022, we are partnering with the University of San Diego and the Diocese of San Diego to give voices to those who are formally incarcerated. So there's a whole it's not. Just one set of voices, which that in and of itself is a huge enough task, but we're going to start getting all these voices set up uh, with speaker circles here and start another one to give voices to another group that has, is deserving of a voice. And we're going to continue to um have other groups, autism, foster care system, you name it, whatever that, you know, the, there's so many voices that have been silenced and we are slowly but surely going to tick one off at a time to continue to give those voices.
0: I could feel the power in that as you were sharing that how transformative this will be not only for the people that participate in the circles, but for anyone who has the opportunity to be connected in any way to attend, to listen, because as we truly are able to listen to more voices, we ourselves become more than we were before. I feel like there's, there's something really important about being able to listen to experiences that are different than our own. That is really powerful. I really love that. So here's a question. And I wonder, this is just kind of a fun question. What okay. do you love the most about the work that you do? What's your favorite part? It's in the moment where you see the women
1: doing what they thought they couldn't do. Mm-hmm. Or men or anyone. It really right. is it's that moment. It's that that moment. Um it's a it's a journey to get people there. You know, some go kicking and screaming, some are a little more passive, but it really is, you know, there it is a journey and there's my favorite part is being able to see that really the end result where all of their hard work, all of their determination, all of their love, all of their vulnerability, all of their shame, all they're bringing it all and they're laying it out there on the table and they let their hearts just be out there for the world to see and to make a difference. As you can see, it's certainly, uh, it's, I don't know if you call it my favorite part but it's certainly something that just rocks my world. It's amazing to witness that form of pure transformation and joy and it doesn't just end there for the women it's not cuz yes there's a certain joyousness in that moment that is you yes. know you're not replicating and living at that level your rest of your life right. We go back and we you know undulate but the power that these women have their messages um, are carrying them through life. Because one of the things we discover, uh, and I've, you know, I've been discovering it as we've been leading these, these programs, is that whenever you are stuck in your own life, whenever you're stuck writing your own talk, mm-hmm. look at your own message. Because chances <laughs> are you're yes. not following your own message. And a lot of times it's like forgiveness. Oh, are you forgiving yourself that you didn't finish your homework? Do uh, you know, like whatever it is, like they already have the answers right there inside of them already. And so we know we all have the answers. And so if we take the time to figure out what is my message, and we have many, by the way, right? But we start one and it's like a sweater pulling all the strings, right? There's so many
0: that you can have. I'm just grinning at that because I have found that to be so true in my life that the thing that I am teaching and I am sharing. Yes, I live it, but also I need to be reminded all the time to practice mm-hmm. self compassion, to be mindful in the moment, right? Like all of these things. So I, yeah. I'm a no. I'm Amen. an automatic no. Yeah. Believe believe it or not, like I'm a my
1: knee jerk reaction. If somebody comes to me with a new idea, while it's not going to come out of my mouth, it, I'm going to be a no. And then then I need to go through all of my considerations so that <laughs> I can choose in to be a yes. And so I know that about me. And so it's not who my message is. My message is allow yourself the time to uh, you know absorb what you need to and make the decision that calls to you. And so for me, I get that that's my knee jerk. And then I apply my own message and allow myself to to tease all of that out and work out the answers. So yeah, we all have we all have something, but if we just follow our own messages, we can get through life pretty darn good if we can yes. figure out what that message is.
0: Which is the power of just that self-awareness. So, yeah. so tell me, these speaker circles, you mentioned early on that because of COVID, you learned to do some things virtually. Are your meetings by and large in person? Are they virtual? Is it limited to people who live in Arizona? Tell me about that. Yep. It's all virtual. As a matter of fact, our first circle, we had Canada covered United
1: States and uh, different locations in the United States. Same thing here in this upcoming circle that we've got people from around the world can participate. That's one of the beauties of it. So we have it on zoom. They'll all be different days of the week, but we have one coming up next week is another speaker circle that's going to be launching. And so I'm excited tonight. We, are le- we have everybody coming back together after the holidays, so it'll be great to reconnect with everyone and get
0: going again. I, I'm, I'm missing given voices. So I know that because of this conversation today that our listeners are going to want to be connected with you, either because they want to apply to the work that you're doing or because they want to support you in that work. So how can they get connected to you? Well, there's a couple of ways. They can find us um, at our website
1: at amplifyvoices.org. And um, you can certainly reach out to me and my email address. It's deb at debxtalks.com. Or our, uh, we have an executive director who's going to be joining us here today. Uh, unfortunately, wasn't able to, but her name is Amanda. And you can find her at amanda at amplifyvoices.org. So that's the best way to reach us. And I would love to hear from anybody who's ready to have their voices be heard.
0: I love that. Okay. I love this conversation today, Deb, like so energizing. I just feel like I have all this extra like hope and energy and all of it is because of learning how every voice is important and that there is a need for us all to show up exactly as we are. Mm. Before we close, is there anything else that you would like to say or to share that you haven't yet had a chance to?
1: No, this is just really great. Any opportunity to have your voice be heard, my voice be heard, and share what I'm passionate about is, uh, is a good day. It just helps me to re what's important to me and gives me juice for the rest of my day. So thank you. Absolutely. I really appreciate it.
0: Okay. Well, Deb, I'd like to thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to check out our Morning of Learning and Encouragement with the MindWell Collective on Saturday, February 5th. You can see the lineup of speakers, including Amanda from Amplify Voices is going to be one of our speakers that day, and topics at com forward slash collective. Also, if you enjoy these conversations, don't forget to follow, rate, and review us on your podcast platform. Thank you, listeners, for joining us on MindWell today, the podcast that introduces you to exceptional individuals that are developing powerful, mindful connections. Thank you for listening to another episode of MindWell. We are sponsored by Trauma Integration, LLC, a company passionate about helping people understand their trauma response and find wholeness within. You can find out more at www.integratetrauma.com dot com.